Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. Well, good morning again. As we gather here this morning, first, just a shout out to all the grandparents, because if you didn't know, today is Grandparents Day. So if you forgot, you know, go and get a card afterwards or give Grandma a call, Grandpa a call, and tell them Happy Grandparents Day. Well, as we gather here, we're going to kick off a new series called I Believe. I believe, and we're going to take a look at the Apostles' Creed. And when you look at something like the Apostles' Creed, there's about three different ways you can kind of take a look at it. You kind of think of a, 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 a way of looking at water. You could do like you're sitting on top of the water in like a floaty, you know, just hovering there. You could dive in really, really, really deep, like scuba diving. Or you could do something like snorkeling. How many of you ever been snorkeling before? You know, snorkeling is really cool because you can see a lot more than what you can see if you're just sitting on top of the surface, but there's not as much as if you're diving deep. So we're going to kind of do a little snorkeling into the Apostles' Creed. We're going to go a little bit deeper than maybe you've gone before as we look at some of the key elements of what it means to say, I believe. So we do that. I've got a question for you this morning. The question is this. What is the most precious thing you've ever held on to? What is the most precious, the most valuable thing that you've ever held on to? Now, as you think about that for a moment, maybe you're thinking something like, you know, well, you know, my wife's hand or, you know, the hand of my, you know, grabbed my child and I held on to my child. You know, I, I don't know. One of the most valuable things that I ever held on to was a check for over $300,000. It was not made out to me. It, it was a, a grant to, for the congregation that I had served prior before coming here that I and a number of others of us worked on getting that grant. We were excited to get that really big check, but that was a really costly check. I mean, that was some money. What is the most precious, the most valuable thing you've ever held on to? Well, as I think about that, you know, maybe you can't see it all the way back, back in the back on screen. You can probably watch that. And some of you maybe know what this is. This comes from a card game. We've talked about this before sometimes that we have played and we brought back with us from our trip, mission trip to Poland called Provo Zhongli, which means Jungle Rules. And there's an American version of the game called Jungle Speed. And this wooden totem can be the most precious thing you can ever hold on to. And this card game, just to explain it in case you don't know what this game is like, this card game is kind of like the card game Uno. Have you ever played Uno before? And, and the, the card game is mixed with the card game Uno, mixed with the card game War, if you played that before. All blended together with the card game called Spoons. You know what Spoons is like, right? If you got the right hand, you go grab for the spoons. But in this game, you grab for this wooden totem. You know, and, and so when it becomes really precious is when I'm playing against one of the opponents that I played with several times over the years of going to Poland, this guy named Josh. I mean, you know who Josh is because Josh plays really well. He's fast, and, and, he, and he knows how to play this game, but he's also bigger than I am, and I play really well. So usually Josh and I would battle because the idea is if you got the same card that I have, a matching card, we're going to fight for this totem. And most of the times we're fighting, and usually, you can guess, you probably usually wins. But every once in a while, every once in a while, I got the totem, and it became one of the most precious things that I could ever hold on to. Well, today, as we start this series, we're going to talk about what it means to hold on to something, what it means for us to believe. And that's the way Martin Luther talked about faith. He talked about faith as something that we're holding on to. Faith is something that we're holding on to. 
So we're going to do that as we use the Apostles' Creed to help us kind of explore God's Word, explore who He is, and what it means for us to have faith to believe in God. You know, the word creed is actually a Latin word. It Credo means I believe. And in our Christian faith, we have a number of creeds. The first creed, the, the, the oldest creed we have, is recorded in Romans verses eight or chapter eight, verses nine and ten. This is where Paul writes, it, "You know, if you say, confess that Jesus is Lord, that's it, right there. Short confession, short creed. Jesus is Lord. That was roughly." 40 AD. And then we have something like the Nicene Creed. Some of you know what the Nicene Creed is. We use that in worship occasionally. That's 325 AD. And then the Apostles' Creed, about 390 AD. And this is a way that the Christian community tried to kind of put some understanding to who our God is and what it means for us to say this is the God in whom we believe. So here's what I'd like for you to do next. I'd like for you to think on a scale of 1 to 10. Okay, scale of 1 to 10, 10 meaning rock-solid, concrete, confident, and 1 is wavering and uncertain. 10, concrete, solid, confident, 1, wavering, uncertain, faltering. You don't have to answer, you don't have to shout out here, but just where would you put your faith right now on that spectrum? Are you somewhere else, you know, are you in the 10 that you have this rock-solid, confident faith? Are you somewhere else in the 1 and you're uncertain and you're faltering and you're struggling? You know, if you're like me, if you're like me, you know, I'm on this side, kind of on the, you know, 1, 2, and 3 slide. I, I, I'm struggling and, you know, at times, and sometimes I, I'm, I'm at the 10, you know, at 9, 10, I'm, I'm confident. I, you know, I'm confident and I feel good about my faith when everything's going just right. When it's a beautiful day like today and, and all of my relationships, you know, are, are healthy and, and, I, and I'm not worried or anxious about anything. But then there are those times when I slide down closer onto that one. When there's turmoil in my relationships, in my life. When there's uncertainty. When I feel overwhelmed. And the situations that I find myself in overshadow God's grace, his mercy, his love, his peace, his providence, and his presence. And this is exactly the situation we find the Father in this morning from the gospel lesson that Dale read. This Father was in a situation. His son had been possessed by a demon for quite some time, and, and nobody could do anything to help his son. And this overshadowed his faith. It overshadowed God's grace, mercy, and love. It overshadowed God's peace, his presence, and his providence. And so he had heard about these disciples who were casting out demons. Now, Jesus had a little prior, you know, to this, had told his disciples that they could go out and they would have power in his name over the demons. And so they had cast out demons before, but now at this moment, at this moment, in this situation, they are struggling. They can't cast out this demon. And so they bring this demon, 
this boy to Jesus. And, and, and the words that this father says, I, I think, are so important because if we're honest, we've all had those moments where we've cried out these words to our God. I believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. I believe, Jesus, but help me overcome my unbelief because the, what I'm experiencing right now is overshadowing your grace for me, your love for me, your mercy what I am going through right now overwhelms my certainty in your presence, in your peace, and in your provision. And this is where we find this Father, and this is where we often find ourselves. So if we talk about faith is, you know, is holding on to something, and that, that's believing, then the unbelief one belief in this situation here, the situation we often find ourselves, is when we trust in ourselves. When we think it's up to us to really resolve the situation we're in, to bring about that sense of peace. When we depend on other humans to do that for us. Rather than relying on God and His care and His grace and His mercy and his love. You know, this is the important thing that we need to remember here. That as we think about Jesus coming and, and as, as Jesus, you know, engages in our lives, because he engages in our lives every day, Jesus came for the unbelievers. Jesus came for the unbelievers. Jesus didn't come for all of those who have everything just right, whose faith is perfect, because no one's faith is perfect. Each and every one of us have those times that we struggle, and we're on the lower side of that scale of one, two, and three, and we're wondering, and we're hurting, and we're asking, and we're praying, help me with my unbelief. Help me to overcome my trust in myself, my trust in the situations that I find myself in. Help me to trust in you. Jesus came for you and for me. Jesus came for the unbelievers, for those who doubt and those who struggle. Jesus came and he lived for us and he died for us and he rose again for us, for you and for me for the world. That's so important for us to understand that. It's so important for us to believe that, that when we are struggling and doubting, that Jesus came for who? For us, for you, and for me. Jesus came for the unbelievers. And so when we confess in this creed, when we confess our faith in Jesus, that means there's a, an understanding here. That if, if um, our unbelief is when we trust in ourselves and, and things of this world, then when we say, I believe, our trust is in who? I heard some of you say, our trust is in Jesus. Our trust is in the one who can provide and the one who can overcome our trust is in the, all, in the one and the only one who can restore our relationship with our God. And he did that through the life he lived and the life he gave for us on the cross. Jesus is the one in whom we trust, the one in whom we hold on to. Now, there's a lot of things we can believe in in this world. 
A lot of things we believe in as little kids, where you grow up, we don't believe those anymore. And there's a lot of things right now in our current political and social environment that people believe this and people believe that. But we talk about believing in God, believing in something we hold on to. So one of the ways to understand is Martin Luther again talks about that faith is holding on to something. So imagine, you know, you can do this with me. If you had a penny and you're holding on to that penny until you're white knuckled, that penny has value, right? At least some, I know. It's got some value. If you're holding on that white knuckle, do you have a firm grasp on that? You do. Now, imagine, you know, somebody else has got the Hope Diamond. You know, the Hope Diamond, like the most precious, expensive diamond of the world. And that diamond, instead of, you know, like holding on to it, they're just kind of twirling it, kind of like this totem here. You know, they're just taking it and they're twirling it in their fingers. Now, do they have a firm grip on that? No, they don't, because the likelihood is they're going to drop it. And, and yet, you know, they had, a, they had a grip on it. And yet, if they had a penny or a hope diamond, which one is of greater value? Well, the hope diamond is something of greater value. You see, even at times when we are struggling, even when we maybe just are kind of twirling in our fingers, that faith in Jesus, we're holding on to the most precious one, the one who gave his life for us, the one who created us, the one who's always, always there for us and always with us. So as we confess these words, here we're going to confess these in just a few minutes, a few moments that I believe in Jesus, we confess, I believe in the one who loves me, the one who gave his life for me, the one who is always with me. So here's the challenge I'm going to give you this week as we think about this sermon, and that simply is to take the words his Father has spoken. Mark 9, 24. And say those words, pray those words every day. I believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. And know this, that Jesus came for you and for me. He came for the unbelievers. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you do not abandon us when we struggle with doubt, when we are uncertain, when, Lord, even in faith, we don't have a firm grip on you, we think that you always have a firm grip on us, that you are true to your promises, not because of our faith. You're true to your promises because it is who you are. We thank you, Jesus, that you came for people like us, for people who are unbelievers, who have struggled at times with our faith and our confidence in you. Help us, we pray, Holy Spirit, to believe more firmly and who our God is, and the love that our God has for us, that this would shape our lives. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, 